Good morning and welcome. And the Lord be with you. And grace and peace to us all in the name of Christ our Lord who calls us to this time of worship as we continue in this season of Eastertide to live in the light of the resurrection. That is before us this morning as we see our bulletin cover. We know that in the book of Acts, we see the work of the early church spreading the good news of Christ to all the ends of the earth. So I look forward to sharing that word with us from the book of Acts. As a worshiping community, we are also a serving community. So just a reminder that yesterday, the third Saturday of the month, we shared in the ministry of the food bank did not share in the ministry of the closed closet simply because we did not have the necessary volunteers by which to do so. So it was a limited closed closet yesterday. Just a reminder, uh, as this mission opportunity comes around each month, it doesn't happen automatically. We don't take it for granted. We do need workers and volunteers to make this ministry happen. By way of the food bank, we served 123 families, packed 174 boxes, and served a total of 384 people. Remember that the back-to-school ministry is before us and will be for the next several months. This is new involvement for First Church, so many opportunities by which to support this ministry and do keep this in prayer and be a part of that. Uh, as we gather this morning, we will share in our annual church picnic following this time of worship, so I hope you will make your way over to the Uptown Ministry Center. Uh, the church has provided chicken and ham. We are invited to provide side dishes, so again, I look forward to seeing you across the street as we share in our ministry dinner. Also, uh, this is Graduate Sunday, so congratulations and prayers for all of our graduates, and we look forward to honoring our graduates during this time of worship. A reminder as well that tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock, the Smith River Singers will sing at the Galilean House of Worship, again tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Our Cantabile Choir, that is a part of this time of worship, will be a part of the program tomorrow evening as well. So I hope you will find your way to the Galilean House of Worship uh, to support the Cantabile Singers tomorrow at 7. We prepare to worship God together.
Good morning, everyone. Wonderful to be in the house of the Lord again and with these fabulous children and the adult choir today, too. Please stand with us as we have been doing for the season of Easter. And let's do our choral, our um, introit, our congregational introit, which is He is Lord. It's found on hymn 177 in your hymnals, but it will also be on our PowerPoint. So let's stand and prepare our hearts. Our call to worship is before us. I invite us to share in this call. Happy are those who walk in God's ways. Blessed are those who observe God's commandments. Faithful are those whose eyes are fixed on righteousness. Joyful are those whose hearts are filled with praise. Come, let us love the Lord our God.
be seated. Our opening prayer is before us. I invite us to go to God as we pray. Lord of life, submitting to death, you conquered the grave. By being lifted on a cross, you draw all peoples to you. By being raised from the dead, you restored to humanity all that we had lost through sin. Throughout these 50 days of Easter, we proclaim the marvelous mystery of death and resurrection. For all praise is yours, now and throughout eternity. Amen. We share the word of God first as it comes to us from the book of Genesis, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 3. And this is really the beginning of something new and significant here as God calls Abraham. Let us hear the word of our Lord. Let us pray. Lord, help us to know that you call us as well and that you speak to us now through these words. Open our ears and remove all distractions that your voice is the voice we hear above all others. In Jesus' name, amen. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and to make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who curses you I will curse. And by you, all the families of the earth shall bless themselves. This is the word of our Lord.
Amen. Thank you, children. Thank you, Pam. Thank you, adults. We have much for which to be joyous, and we are grateful, and we are blessed. And we are blessed now to honor our graduates. For those graduates who are among us, I would invite you to come forward. Matt Hoover, our Director of Youth and Children's Ministries, will assist in the honoring of our graduates. And also, you are a part of this as well. We see that there is a graduate litany before us, so we will share together in this responsive litany as we honor this year's graduates. I believe we have their pictures as well. So we are honoring this year, we have Margaret Lewis, Shane Spencer is making his way. Other names before us, do we have there? We've got Holden Agee of Magna Vista, Laura Painter of Carlisle, Margaret Lewis, Chatham Hall, Megan Withers, Faith Christian. Parker Nickers, Nichols of Carlisle, Shane Spencer, here we go, okay. and then we have two college graduates, Austin White, and Molly Robertson, and congratulations, we are proud of you all, you're a very bright future. I will invite us to share in the litany as it is before us. As we conclude this litany, Matt will offer a word of prayer for our graduates. So, we are gathered together to celebrate the accomplishments of members of our community. We give blessing to you for all you achieved and the achievements yet to come. When part of your life's journey is complete, you will prepare to begin another phase that will take you to unimaginable places. As you prepare for your next journey, we hope you remember the ones you leave behind who have loved and supported you throughout the years. We give you blessing of goodwill and love as you journey forth into the world. We thank you for the laughter and fellowship you have shared with us. We pray that as you bring journey, remember the times we have started with you. Use those memories as a beacon to guide you on your path don't look back, continue forward while using those memories to create a new path. We pray God will give you strength and determination to develop new relationships that will bring you strengthen and sustain your faith. Because we are made in the image of God, we've been blessed with free will to make choices. We pray you make wise decisions, always turning to God for help. God hears, God listens, God is always with you. Do not forget that. Just as Jesus commissioned the disciples to go out and spread his word with the world, so do we commission you to do the same through, through the way you live your life. Always keep Christ in your heart. We send you forth with all of our love, all of our reverence. Strive for only the best rewards of life to offer you. And may the love of Christ shine through you. Christ is the light of all people. Let him shine in you during tough times and always keep that light alive. Let Christ's light shine always 
Thanks be to God. And again, Matt will lead us in prayer. Let us pray. God of our beginnings, we thank you for the gifts of these graduates, their excitement, their awesome wonder and curiosity, their open speech and encouraging words. Their contributions have been blessings to us and challenge us, and we have become a richer and more diverse community because of them. As they step forward into the world that awaits, comfort their fears with the full knowledge of your divine presence. Strengthen their resolve to walk in the footsteps of Jesus as modern-day disciples in a world that needs their spirit. Guide their feet as they move through life, protecting them from the pitfalls of darkness, while they help to lead future generations into the warmth and promise of your love and your light. We ask this blessing upon each of them. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Again, we congratulate our graduates.
be seated. We share from the book of Acts, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 18. Again, remembering that following the resurrection and ascension of Christ, the gospel was being spread to all peoples as we remember God's promise to Abraham that promised to bless all nations. We hear the word of our Lord. Now the apostles and the brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, why did you go to uncircumcised men and eat with them? But Peter began and explained to them in order, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, something descending like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came down to me. Looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, No, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But the voice answered a second time from heaven, What God has cleansed you must not call common. This happened three times, and all was drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were sent to me from Caesarea, and the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. These six brethren also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus, who was I that I could withstand God? When they heard this, they were silenced. And they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance unto life. This is the word of our Lord. I remember being asked years ago by a lady in the church, do you ever get upset with God? Well, as part of this exchange, she told me the background to her question, the fact that she was at that moment upset with God. There was something for which she had hoped with great passion, she told me. She had gone to God in fervent prayer, yet God had not answered her prayer, or had he done so, the answer was an emphatic no. Still, she told me, she remembered having heard that when God closes a door, he opens a window, her initial prayer being rebuffed, she took comfort in the idea that, okay, God has something else for me as I pursue this plan B. However, the hope she held on to as plan B was also dashed. She was upset with God. She asked me, have you ever been upset with God? Yes, I told her, finding comfort in the fact that there are many in our scriptures 
who are upset with God. Still, I don't know that I have had reason to be upset with God as much as the Apostle Peter. As I look at the life of Peter, I find great reason as to why this man could be well upset with God. Peter, before us today, is the most faithful of Jews. Yes, he believes in Jesus. Yes, he preached to those of every nation gathered in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Yes, he seeks to spread the good news of Jesus as Jesus commanded him. But none of this erases Peter's past. None of this undoes Peter's faithfulness to the life he has lived as a faithful Jew. There has been no expectation that Peter turn his back on the commandments. There has been no expectation that Peter not advocate the practice of circumcision. There's been no expectation that Peter not observe the Sabbath. There's been no expectation that Peter now turn his back on the food laws. You see, Jesus is rightly understood to fulfill all God has ever said and done. Jesus' fulfillment of covenant God is made with Abraham and Moses and David. Jesus is not seen as one who invalidates all Peter has ever lived and believed. Peter's life, especially on this side of resurrection and the day of Pentecost, appears to be a life well-defined. Then, Peter has a vision. Now, you and I generally speak of vision as a good thing. We speak of the power of vision. We speak of vision as powerful revelation of the presence of God. But did we know how troubling visions can be? If not, Peter reminds us how troubling visions can be. Peter reminds us of how we may be upset with God. For we find Peter going to Jerusalem. As he does so, he meets those in the church, those of the circumcision party, who are not pleased with Peter. They've heard that Peter met with those not circumcised, that is, those not clean, those common, those not of the covenant, those not of the chosen people of God, and Peter ate with them. That's not acceptable. That's not how it's been done before. It's unacceptable to the covenant people, to those chosen by God, to mingle with the unclean. So Peter begins to explain how he did such an unthinkable thing. He was in the city of Joppa praying. He was then in a trance in which he saw this vision. Something descending like a great sheet. It was let down from heaven by four corners. It came toward him. Peter looked at the sheet within it. He saw animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of the air. A voice said, rise, Peter. Kill and eat. Peter said, no, Lord, I've never eaten anything unclean or uncommon. But a voice answered from heaven, 
what God has cleansed you must not call common. But it happened three times before the sheet was drawn into heaven. At that moment, says Peter, three men came to me. The Spirit told me to go with them and to make no distinction. So I went and all with me to this man's house as I began to speak. The Holy Spirit fell on this Gentile household just as the Spirit had fallen on us chosen ones at the beginning. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? This vision is celebrated. Years later, we give thanks for this experience. Still, is it not too much to think this could be an experience upsetting to Peter? Why do I say that? Because here God appears to be changing the rules of faith. Because God appears to be saying to Peter, what once applied doesn't apply anymore. Because God appears to be saying to Peter, I've made some changes to what you've always known and believed. Because God appears to be saying to Peter, the guidelines, the rules by which you have lived are guidelines, rules, applying no more. We understand how such an experience may upset Peter because we remember Peter has shaped his life by obeying these very food laws, those laws dictating what may and may not be eaten. Nothing unclean, he says, has ever entered my mouth. And now God says, don't worry about that anymore. What I have cleansed, you don't call common. Not once, not twice, but three times. God says this. We understand why Peter may be upset with God. Lord, have you changed the rules? Is this to say the way by which I have shaped my life is now invalid? My life has been shaped by Scripture. If this has changed, what else has changed? Peter knows his scripture. He knows scripture dictating what is and is not acceptable to eat. He knows scripture from the book of Ezra, scripture telling the people of God to be rid of the foreigners. He knows scripture from the prophet Amos telling him, you alone have I chosen. Now God says to Peter, what I declare clean, you're not to call common. It appears so much of what Peter has believed no longer applies. We understand this may be upsetting to Peter. It may be upsetting because it invites the question, are you now going to let anyone in? Those who have not lived faithfully as I have, those who have not obeyed the food laws, those who have not been circumcised, those who have not kept Sabbaths, 
they are now just as welcome into the faith as I am. Upsetting. Perhaps to Peter and to others. A veteran pastor years ago was speaking of the days when he was a young man beginning ministry in the hills of eastern Tennessee. His ministry had begun well. His gifts were appreciated as he got to know his congregation. The pastor was grateful to have his schooling behind him, finally to be leading a church as its pastor. The pastor was especially excited about a new ministry opportunity before his congregation. The Tennessee Valley Authority had recently designated work areas nearby, wanting to build dams and generate electricity and the like. This meant that workers, their families, moved into this area to work for the Tennessee Valley Authority. So the pastor looked at this area surrounding his church, saw these husbands and wives, their children. It's true, these families did not live in nice neighborhoods. They may not have lived in homes. Some had erected tents, lean-tos, others lived in their vehicles. They needed the work. And as far as this pastor was concerned, they needed the gospel. So he went to the leadership of his church, spoke of these workers, their families. He said, friends, we need to reach out to these people, invite them to church, serve them some meals, reach out to these children, welcome them as neighbors, share the good news. Those within the church did not share his enthusiasm. Instead, they told him, they won't fit in. The pastor couldn't believe it. He said to his leaders, wait, wait a minute. You look out any window of this church, you see workers going to their work site or returning to their families. You see barefoot children in hand-me-downs playing with each other. You see wives trying to prepare meals over campfires. We need to reach out to these families, welcome them to the church. The gospel commands us to do that. They won't fit in. But when the pastor refused to let this matter go, the church board decided to bring it to a vote. The result being, a resolution was passed stating, membership of this church will be offered only to those families who own land in this county. The resolution passed unanimously with the exception of the vote of the pastor who was quickly told, you don't have a vote. Years later, the pastor was traveling through eastern Tennessee with his wife. Since they were in the area, he decided this would be an opportune time to show his wife the site of some of his early failures. Many years having passed, it was a challenge to find the church, Interstate 40 now passing through the area. But he got off the interstate, found the right state road and then the county road, until he saw it before him that old church. Only it wasn't a church anymore. It was now a restaurant, barbecue, all you can eat. He and his wife went in, despite changes to the building. There were reminders this once was a church. Pews lined the walls, offering seating to those waiting for a table. 
Old oil lamps still hung overhead, providing atmosphere. Even the old pump organ had been preserved. It was quite the conversation piece, customers having their pictures taken beside it. As the pastor and his wife looked around, they saw persons from every walk of life, white-collar, blue-collar, elderly, young, white, black, Asian, Latino, all filling every table of that restaurant. Taking it in, the pastor said to his wife, it's a good thing this place isn't a church anymore. If it were, half the people here would not be welcome. Peter says to those of the circumcision party, those self-appointed gatekeepers of the faith, if then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to withstand God? He could have added, who was I that I could withstand the power of the resurrection? Power that breaks down all barriers, all gates, power that welcomes all, fulfilling God's promise to Abraham, through you I will bless all nations. I mentioned recently in my weekly pastor letter the grief I still feel at the recent death of Rachel Held Evans, a young writer who blessed many by sharing her insights, her struggles with the Christian church. Among her words of faith, but the gospel doesn't need a coalition devoted to keeping the wrong people out. It needs a family of sinners saved by grace committed to tearing down the walls, throwing open the doors, and shouting, welcome. There's bread and wine. Come eat with us and talk. This isn't a kingdom for the worthy. It's a kingdom for the hungry. For who are we to withstand God? our affirmation of faith before us. Let us stand and respond to the word as we affirm our faith with a modern affirmation. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is the one true church, apostolic and universal, whose holy faith let us now declare. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works, and whose will is ever directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of our deliverance from sin and death. We believe in the Holy Spirit, is the divine presence in our lives, whereby we were kept in perpetual remembrance of the truth of Christ and our strength and health in time of need. We believe that this faith should manifest itself 
in the service of love, as set forth in the example of our blessed Lord, to the end that the kingdom of God may come upon the earth. Amen. As we stand, we welcome one another as we pass the peace of Christ. Let us pray. Lord, you bless us beyond measure. You shower all gifts upon all your children, for you love us all. Accept these gifts returned unto you that they may be of blessing and that they may share the good news of Christ. Amen.
seated, and I invite us to share together in the time of the prayers of the people. This is a responsive time of prayer. I will name various petitions, concluding each petition with the words, Lord, in your mercy, and inviting from you the response, hear our prayer. I also invite you to name those prayer concerns that you carry with you to this time of worship. And then we conclude with a prayer Christ has taught us. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for the voices of all generations, the voices of all nations, voices gathered in this community of faith, voices raising your name in praise. We are grateful that we still know the power of the resurrection, that it brings us to this time and place of worship, and that it leads us further into worship and service for your sake. We thank you for those faithful ones who have gone before us, those who have listened to your voice, those who have obeyed the leading of the Spirit so as to be of blessing to all. Help us, Lord, to be attentive to your voice, to the leading of your Spirit, so as to bless all for your sake. Lord, in your mercy, hear us, Lord, as we pray for the people of this congregation. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for those who suffer and those in trouble. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the concerns of this community. Lord, in your mercy. mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for your church, its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy. For Bishop Weaver, Bishop Lewis, Denise Bates, Ginian Howard, the Ministries of First Church. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. And Lord, hear our prayers gathered with those of your saints, those who join their voices to ours in word and song, praying as Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, 
and the power and the glory forever. We stand as we sing from the faith we sing, the summons, number Again, I hope to see you at the church picnic in the Uptown Ministry Center and hope to see you tomorrow evening at the Galilean House of Worship uh, for the Smith River Singers performance and to support our Cantabile Choir. Thank you again. And we go now in peace.
knowing that we cannot withstand God. It is God who calls us to reach out to all, to bless all, in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.